Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We are with you here for another Sunday talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team, joined by Mike Corrigan, Cross Country Mortgage. And if you haven't listened to the show or been paying a whole lot of attention, then um, you may not be aware that the real estate market is going through some changes and some challenges and some shifting going on with um, – you know, home sellers and home buyers, it seems like more sellers are coming on the market, but yes. more buyers are leaving the market. You know, higher interest rates, more expensive prices, and then then just the competition of lots and lots of, you know, missed out uh, opportunities for home buyers. Many of them just decided to rent. However, what it's going to lead to is a more balanced real estate market that's still very healthy, still seeing appreciation, and still doing very well. But the question that that I have in front of you now is, People that are looking at single-family homes and saying, you know what, I've been priced out of a single-family home. I can't afford the price sticker of a single-family home anymore. Should I buy a condo instead? And so we want to kind of debunk that a little bit. So first off, the first problem people are going to have with this, mic is that when they're comparing the price of a condo to the price of a house from a payment perspective, those two are not the same thing. Yeah, for sure. So there's additional fees that go along with when you are purchasing a condo, most notably, um, and usually the highest one is a homeowners association fee. That's going to cover a lot of um, the common amenities, maybe some of the utilities, et cetera, that is much higher than even if you're in a single family home in a deed restricted community where maybe you have an HOA, Right. the HOA in a condo is, is generally much higher. And it's generally going to be more expensive than the monthly fees for similar services that you would have in a home. Yes, absolutely. Simply because you're also paying for reserves, you're paying for the people that aren't paying, um, you know, and and you're paying for amenities that you might not choose to have at your house. You know, you've got a gym and a pool and all these other things. And and then of course, because of the common grounds and all that people there visiting and all the um, people in one location, you know, some of the insurance costs are higher, which trickle down to the owners a lot of times to HOA fees because the potential of a slip and fall or something like that. So when you're looking just at the price, you may say, oh, the condo is only 200 and the house is 300. But when you factor in the addition of the uh, HOA fees and the condo fees, a lot of times that wipes out um, and then goes above and beyond what you would have paid for a more expensive single family house. Yes, absolutely. And and the difference is, too, is you have a lot of those expenses still as a single family house, maybe taking care of your landscaping or your pool or those sort of things. But those aren't in your monthly housing payment. Correct. Traditionally, like they would be with a condo because it's it's common elements. And and in addition to that, you you don't get to itemize your uh, the things that you use and pay for at the condo. You're right. paying for everything that they offer, whether you use it or not. You may be the type that wants to mow your own lawn and save the money. Correct. But at the condo, you're paying that portion of the lawn maintenance, even even if you wanted to do it yourself, you're not able to. So um, what does that end up meaning? It, it a lot of times means that, you know, the condo uh, isn't any cheaper monthly than a more expensive single family home because of the extra fees that you pay through the association. Here's the other thing you have to uh, contemplate with a condo. Condos are going to have rules and regulations, more so than most single family homes, um, you know, again, some single family homes and HOAs have a long list of rules, but but those lists of rules have a lot less to do with what you do inside the house. Condos even have rules about when you can renovate the house, when you can paint it, what color, like all these different rules. So if you're somebody that loves rules, you know, you love rules and regulations and you love being told what you can and can't do. Condos are great for you. If you're someone that does not, a condo is going to be a bad thing because of that scenario. Here, here's another um element of condos that people don't take into consideration. 
Um, it's it, it, and again, this can happen with single family homes, but with condos when you share walls, you know, on all sides and up and down, it's a whole lot more challenging because you have to deal with the people around you more so than you do with the single family where you have some distance. So you're not just buying into a condo, you're buying into all the people that live around you and you having to accept, be comfortable with and be happy with the lifestyle that those people lead that could possibly interrupt your peace. So um, another element of condos that I think people, especially here in Tampa, um, a lot more transient, a lot more people that are going in for just the weekend. They're going to go party for the weekend. They don't really live there. They're not a resident. They don't care if their beer cans are in the hallway. You really do transition more from a peaceful, uh, you know, single family life to a more challenging dealing with transient people coming and going, people not caring as much, people being more renter mindsets and not living there full time. And you have to deal with that as an owner. You have to walk by, you have to see it, you have to hear it. So, you know, is the condo right for you? I guess that depends on how much how much of that you're willing to accept. Yeah, and a lot of condos have rules if they're in regards to renting it. So if you're looking to buy one and you want to rent it out part of the time or anything else, there's rules on whether or not because of those exact reasons where you may have rental restrictions as far as how long you can rent something, you know, whether you can do it on daily or weekly or monthly, um, you know, basis that's going to be there. But you certainly do have to take into account the fact that it's a community and it's a close knit community. You're going to be around people and you got to be able to, you know, cohabitate with those people when you're there. And look, I'm obviously not a fan of condo living. Okay. (laughs) But Again, it, it there could be there are plenty of people out there that could say, you know yeah. what, I want that lifestyle. I want the no upkeep. I want the low maintenance. I want to be around people. Uh, it tends to when you look at like the demographics of who buys condos, it tends to be um, either younger people or retired people. Right in between, like the kid lifestyle usually doesn't. You know, kids and pets. I can't say always pets, but for the most part, like. You know, that that's kind of the, the wheelhouse is younger people and retired people, either younger people that, uh, you know, are, are too lazy to do home maintenance or they don't know what they're doing yet or older people who have done it for 50 years. And they're like, forget this. I don't want to do this I'm anymore. I'm done with it. So. So, again, that's that 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 tends to be kind of what you see. Um, so so though that's kind of the pros and the cons from from a living perspective. Again, there's there's pros. Look, you you don't have to deal with as many things. You don't have to juggle those things. You know, it's it's kind of maintenance free. Other people are taking care of stuff. Um, but again, you lose some control. You have more regulation. Um, you also have more financial risk in a condo, in my opinion. Um, the reason I believe you have more financial risk in a condo is because you're putting um, and again, you can have this in a single family HOA, but usually not to the level that you see in condos. You're putting someone on a board of condos in control with making decisions that affect your investment in that property. They could decide that you know there are going to be no more rentals. They could decide to make it all short term rentals. They could decide to not resurface the pool. I mean, there's all kind. They could decide to get rid of the gym. There's all kinds of things they can decide that can affect the value of your property. And a lot of times, people on condo boards don't have any financial background. They were they won a popularity contest, or they were the only person that ran because no one else wanted to do it. And they make decisions that affect your bottom line that you don't really have as much so in a single family home. So, yeah. you, so you're, you're you're there's a little bit more risk with a condo because of the decisions that a board a condo board can make that could affect your value. Um, The last thing uh, when you're comparing condos and single family homes, when people say, oh, I can't afford a single family, should I look at a condo? Um, I hope when you say you can't afford it, you're talking about the actual purchase price because you're talking about the cash out of pocket, 
you're typically going to have to have more cash out of pocket for a condo. Right. And that's, I mean, so so what would you say, you know, generally speaking, you know, it, it, a, a condo buyer, because of the HOA, because of all those things, how much more money might they need to plan on coming out of pocket for a condo? Yeah, I think you're going to, are you talking on a monthly basis? Or? No, no, a down payment. Down payment because the, the because single families you can get 100% and there are some condo communities you can do 100% but it's rare. Yeah, it is very rare. Um, on a con- if you're using a conventional project, you know, pr- product, you can still do a three percent or five percent down on a condo. So okay. you are actually able to do that if you're buying it as your primary residence. If you're buying it as a second home, that those have gotten right. crazy more expensive. Also, investment properties you're going to have to put. Um, you know, 10 or 15% down that's going to be there. But you can put a small amount down on a primary residence that, you know, that is going to be in there. Um, but again, you're going to have to, you know, sometimes there's upfront fees if there has been an assessment for a condo or that's coming right. up. That's there's true. other things that come into into play that you got to look for if you're doing that, um, that that may cause the out of, out of pocket. Yeah, like money. a special assessment. Yes. Right? They could decide to add something new to the condo that you don't support, but guess what? You're still paying for it if the vote comes in that Correct. way. Correct. So, yes. You know, so that, again, that, those are kind of the pros and the cons. Again, uh, is it right for some people? Maybe. Um, and could it make financial sense for some people for all those things that they itemize that they don't want to do themselves? Again, in some instances, could it be cheaper to buy a condo? It could. But you're you're more obligated on monthly fees and costs and control in a condo than you are in a single family home. You can choose if, if for example, you had a rough month at work, let's say you're a commissioned person and you know you just didn't make as much commission this month, you could say, you know what, I'm gonna skip paying my lawn guy, I'm gonna mow my lawn myself. Right. I'm gonna skip the pool guy, I'm gonna do my pool myself. I'm gonna skip this repair, I'm gonna do it myself in a condo. You can't really just say, you know what, I had a rough month, I'm gonna go ahead and clean the pool for you guys this month. Right, and condos are required, HOAs are required in the state of Florida to do a budget for all the capital improvements that need to be done. So you need to take, and you know, lots of times it's done with the reserve study. So, you know, how long is, you know, when do we got to replace the roof? When do we got to replace a driveway or a pool or all the different things that, that cost lots of money? And then you need to budget them for that period of time. So you're paying that each month in your HOA, where again, to your point, if you need a new roof on your house, you could decide to finance that or you not save right. the side, the, you know, 150 right. bucks this month or whatever it may be, where in a condo, you don't have that option. And, and I think the last thing that that people don't grasp when it comes to determining the difference between you know condos and single family and again a lot of this trickles down you know to to financial things you know we we talked about um you know the assessment scenario we talked about um you know the the amenities fee changes fee schedules um you know there's a security aspect i think you know, when when somebody can get into a condo building, and go to a bunch of different doors. You know, you don't have the the same ability to personally uh, ensure, um, you know, your your own safety. Um, and and again, that doesn't mean the condo can't do a great job at it. Um, but if a person gets in, they can get access to a lot of different buildings and owners' properties. You know, versus the the single family home scenario. So, you know, and and again, just lots of regulations, lots of rules. Um, you know, the, the financing thing that, that, that I think is also, um, you know, problematic is that sometimes HOAs 
can make decisions that can cause their building not to be able to get financed. Correct. That isn't something you typically see in single family homes. And and it's much more difficult to get a government loan, an FHA loan or a VA loan on a condo, sometimes nearly right. impossible depending on the you know the way it's been been structured. So that can be much more difficult. So if you are you trying to use one of those loan programs, that may not be an option for you. Yes. So we're going to continue our conversation about the local Tampa Bay real estate market for a quick break, but Make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at The Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, always giving away cool stuff, putting out great real estate content on all of our socials. So make sure you're following us for new listing updates and for updates on what's going on in the market. What we're going to talk about next is should you buy or build a house? And this is such a loaded subject because of everything going on right now with interest rates and costs and building supplies. And so um, maybe even more so than a single family versus a condo, right? If we're kind of doing this or that show today. So next, the this or that (laughs) is build or buy after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan uh, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. Should you buy or build? Um, it's, It's been a question that people have always wondered. And I think in today's market, when you say buy or build, um, a lot of people mean buy or build a custom home. It could also mean, do you buy or, or build or buy a build, you know, buy a home being built by a national scale builder. So I'm going to kind of group in buy or build with the build segment being buying a new construction home that isn't yet completed and is going to take a while, even if you're not custom building your house. Okay. So the retail side of things, when you're buying a resale, you can close on it quickly and you have a little bit more control over your interest rate. You can lock your rate. You can know what you're going to deal with, and you can close in a relatively quick time frame, and you can know exactly what you're buying, okay? You're dealing with more knowns. When you're building today, you're dealing with a lot of unknowns. Are there mortgage lenders out there that will let you lock a rate? I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. You can do extended locks. but You can do long locks, right? You can, okay? However, I'm hearing a lot of builders being unwilling to guarantee a price, Right. Um, for uh, what a house is going to be when it's finally done because of the rising cost of materials. They don't want to commit to a price today. So you may think it's a $450,000 house today, but it's a $500,000 house when it's all said and done. And look, it's no secret that builders are king of the upsell. Okay, Whether you're, whether you're a custom home builder or whether you're a large track builder, okay, their goal is to upsell you. Okay, so you might think you're going to spend 450, but then they're going to get you on the cabinets and the new, the better flooring and the better windows, and you're going to be into the house for more money than you than you realize. I think for a lot of people, the the buy a new construction or buy a resale was an easy decision uh, six months or a year ago, and most of the time, I think lean towards new construction because you're you're dealing with a better built house, you're dealing with. Um, you know, lower monthly costs, lower utilities, higher, better code rating, all these things. A lot of times it just made more sense to build. However, as time has changed and because of all these pressures on building materials and labor, timelines, interest rate locks, all of the changes that are happening in the economy, I think it starts to tilt back in the favor of being a better option financially to buy a resale, a resale house at retail. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think this is another situation. I agree with you, where, it, but it comes down to personal preference, True. right? And what what you're wanting to do in the amount of choices, you know, building a new home, even if it is by one of the national builders and everything else, there's a lot of choices you as the new potential owner Correct. have to make that go into it. True about you know color schemes and different things and and, and things that go into it, and then if you don't like it, you're you stuck. know, they they just did it, so it's yeah. going to cost you you know tens of thousands to to fix. Whereas if you're buying a house that's already built. You can go in there, and if it's done, it's done, right? And, and, and you here's can say the other you thing: like it, you're, dealing, is, you're dealing with a known versus an unknown, right? Because you're buying a product that isn't yet done. What if they don't complete it? What if they don't do a good job? What if they hire hire inferior subcontractors? I mean, you're you're the resale house. You know, you inspect it. You know what you have. You know the construction. Well, you know everything that's there when you have right. it inspected. A new construction house. You're agreeing to buy it, and it ain't even done yet. Yeah. And and I'm just going to be honest, you can Google and see some horror stories from some of the large national national builders in terms of the corners they cut when things get tough and they're trying to save money and they're trying to build houses quickly. OK, so I won't name any builder names. All right. You know, I'm not going to do that, but it happens. Right. And, you know, it all it takes is one of those mistakes or one of those things or a shift in the economy. And then they start going cheaper drywall. I mean, how do you think Chinese drywall happened? I mean, I'm surely you remember the Chinese drywall oh, phenomenon, my gosh, right? Yes, I mean, that, that was, was a. Billions and billions of dollars of Huge property loss. Yes. And again, it was builders looking for ways to, to to do things more cheaply to make better profits. And, you know, again, a corner gets cut, inferior product gets bought, and then houses get ruined and destroyed. So in a shifting market, in an inflationary economy where there's a lot of pressure on builders to make profits, where their stocks are down big time, you know, where do they make money? Where do they cut corners? And and right. that's what you have. That, that is something that I think when... Uh, everything was sunshine and rainbows, uh, you know, two years ago. I don't think you had to worry about that as much with new construction. I, I genuinely do have concerns for consumers today buying new construction. I think it's more of a risk than it was a year or two ago. Yeah, and the and the commodities that they're buying, I, I remember talking a year plus ago, lumber prices had soared, right, four times as much. And while a lot of these things have come back down in prices, supply chains is eased, different stuff, builders don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace right now. So they're building in that extra premium. They're building in, um, you know, room for adjustments that happen in the marketplace to get there. So again, if anything, they're covering themselves, right? And the benefit of doubt is going to go towards the builder. So you may end up paying a little bit more for something that ultimately costs less. Um, and, and so, you know, there's it's just going to be, you know, increased pricing. Again, so those are the pros and cons, buying resale versus buying new construction, again, to each their own. If you have an unlimited budget and you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, waiting and some of the potential increases over time over building a custom home, then, then building a custom home is going to get you everything you want. But a lot of times we find out that everything you want, once you start living in it, isn't really everything you want. Right. So, um, you know, that, those are things to keep in mind. And, you know, the timeline of it, because, and again, you can lock rates sooner, but you also, you also, there's an extra step. You have to find land if you're building a custom. If you're not building with like one right. of the large track builders, you've got to go out and find property. So, so again, there's a lot more obstacles, a lot more concern with buying new construction than there was maybe a year or two ago. So we'll be back continuing our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage Interest Rates. Mortgage interest rates, they have been the topic of the year. The really. topic of the year, man. It's been chaotic. You've seen them go up. You've seen them go down. You've seen them go back up. And since the Fed announced... Uh, since they made their announcement on on the um, you know on the status of the Fed rate, um, the rates spiked up, right? But they've come, they've started to come back down and stabilize a little bit. So there are people that 
may have been quoted half point potentially higher than where they're at right now. They've started to come down a little bit. Seeing them back in the fives from the sixes, right? Um, I think is an opportunity. And and you know, I talked to uh, a, a friend this week that was debating buying because they just couldn't get past the fact that they couldn't get a three and a half percent interest rate anymore. And I said, well, you know, if you wait. You're going to be upset that you couldn't get a five or a five and a half or a five, seven, five interest rate. And you're going to end up getting, you know, sevens. So it, it, they're only going up. There's going to be some fluctuations where they come down a little bit, but but they're only going up. The longer you wait, if you're a consumer and you say, you know what, I'm going to wait to buy, prices are going to keep going up because inflation causes building materials to go up, which means builders charge more, which means resale homes go up in price. Okay. Inflation doesn't cause real estate to drop. The only time uh, an inflationary recession ever caused real estate to drop was during you know the downturn, the last downturn, and that had way more to do with financing and how easeability easy it was to get loans than anything else. So real estate is going to keep going up, and interest rates are going to keep going up. The longer you wait, the more it's costing you. Yeah. So inflation is as long as inflation keeps going up, interest rates are going to keep going up, and you're going to see that over the course of time. But to your point, when the Fed made their last um, increase of 0.75 um, on, on the Fed funds rate, mortgage interest rates have come down. And you're starting to see that. And the reason this is happening is because there is this fear in the marketplace and the market's starting to price in that we're going to head into a recession. Right. And the point of the Fed raising interest rates is to bring inflation down. I mean, it's all over the news. That's what they're talking about. And when inflation comes down, long-term interest rates, mortgage interest rates come down as well. So you may see that start to happen. However, I think we're going to still see the next several months come out when inflation numbers come out. It'll come out next week again for the month of June. And then the next several months, you're going to see we're going to see a large headline number again, and it's going to freak people out there. And you're going to see interest rates continue to spike up. We may see some reprieve in the fall. Yeah. And I think people need to expect that, you know, look, with real estate values appreciating in Tampa Bay um, for the next several years, in lieu of some natural disaster or, or, you know, major you know, disaster event, real estate values are going to keep rising and interest rates are going to keep trickling up. It is not going to get any cheaper to buy real estate than it is right now. And so the people that say, oh, well, I can't get, you know, comparison's the enemy of joy. They're right. comparing it to yes. three months ago. I can't get that anymore. But three months down the line, they're going to be like, oh, I, could, I can't now get what I could have got three months ago. That's just going to be the new norm. And and maybe they don't rise as dramatically, but they're, but they're on an upswing and home prices are going to keep on that upswing. And that's what we always tell people. The one interest rate we can never give you is the one from yesterday, right? And and, and that sort of thing. So you can never look backwards in that. You got to deal with what's there. And to your point, values are going to keep rising. All of that dynamic is still in play and we're going to keep seeing appreciation in the marketplace. And so if you just try and wait it all out for, you know, prices to drop and interest rates to drop, you're just, you're going to be waiting too long. And everybody that a year ago said the same thing to us now is regretting the decision if they didn't buy. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that what people fail to grasp is that real estate, different than the stock market, doesn't fluctuate the same way. Correct. You know, real estate and interest rate, interest rates will fluctuate a little bit, but certainly not the enormous swings that you see. You know, you're not going to see real estate values drop 50% in a day like you do with a with a stock. So housing affordability is going to continue to drop, meaning that it's going to continue to get more expensive to buy real estate and to finance real estate. The longer you wait, and here's the other thing, what people don't understand, renting is rarely cheaper, 
Because all that's going to happen is you might get in, you might say, oh, well, I got into this place for this first year deal. And man, this rent is a great price. And then next year they jack it up 45%. Your mortgage payment don't ever go up 45%. Right. Well, you know? one of the things too, is when you're making a rent payment, a hundred percent of that is going to the landlord right. uh, you're when you're paying, making that payment. You're paying their mortgage. Right. You're paying a mortgage, whether you, whether you own or rent, you're paying a mortgage. It's just a matter whether you're paying your mortgage or your landlord's mortgage. Right. And when you're paying your own mortgage, a portion of the monthly payment you make every single month is going, going towards, towards your principal. principal. And right. so you're bringing the value of that down. So in a way, it's a built-in save, you know, savings as you're building equity. And that's why you know it's the American dream and building wealth. So every month that you're making that payment, while it's forced, you are paying you know, down the principal value of that home. And then while the home is also going up, you can amass equity really, really quickly. And people that have bought the last several years, they're, they're enjoying that right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, so And again, you might get, uh, you might be able to look at it today and be like, well, I can rent a property for cheaper than I can buy. Okay. The difference is that might be the case for a year. Right. You might get a landlord that gets you in on a special deal to, to, to get you tied in. And then they know the likelihood is you aren't going to move for a few years. So they're going to jack your rent up and they're going to make their money back then. So you're, you're going to pay more in the long run renting and you don't get the tax benefits. You don't get the equity gain. You don't have the embedded savings account like you do with a mortgage where you're paying off principal and adding to your net worth. Yeah. And if you ever want to get an example of that, we have a fantastic tool by our friends at MBS Highway called Buy Versus Rent, where we can actually look in the area that you are, you want to go and we can compare if you bought or rent based on the averages in the area of what is you know, renting, what I, the rates are for. I think that's a great for. thing to put on our socials. Yes. I think that's a really good one. So Mike, send that to our social channels. And, and my social media manager, he's a really good guy. He's, he drives this yellow Audi. Um, but send it to him because I think that'd be a good thing. So if you don't follow us on all of our socials, make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo. We're going to put that rent versus buy calculator uh, on, a, on a couple of our social channels. So people out there that are kind of debating it right now can look at that and, and gauge it um, and, and know the difference in, their, in, in what it's going to mean to them financially. For sure. It isn't just about the monthly payment. It's right. also about the equity gain, the net worth growth. If you, you know, similar to stocks, you know, if, if you have a bad month in the stock market, it doesn't mean you should bail out of it. All right. Like stocks and real estate are long term vehicles for wealth. Do they have their ups and downs? Yes. But if you own them long term, you will do well. You know, if you're a homeowner and you own long term, buy the house, not the interest rate. Right. Because even if you get a high interest rate today, it doesn't mean you're in it forever. Yep. You might only be in three years from now. We might see a completely different economic situation. Um, you know, we get yeah, a new president. Oh, man, I went there. Um, my bad. No, but economic policy might change. So um, and, and when that happens, then consequently, you're going to end up, um, you know, with a with a, a change in rates to where you might be able to refinance and get back into the twos or the threes again sometime in the future. It could happen. You know, so you're not marrying the rate. You're dating it. Right. Marrying and the that's house. the memes all over all over social media now is, you know, marry the house and date the rate. Right. So, I mean, it, it can change over course of time. But if you find a house that you, you've fallen in love with, you know, that that's yep. the one to go into long term. You can always refinance a rate and change yep. out your mortgage. No doubt about it. So let's talk about housing supply. So second month in a row, we saw an increase in housing supply, not just nationally, but but in Tampa, we did, too. Yes. And uh, but 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 let's make it really clear here. We say an increase in housing supply. I think we went from 1.1 months of inventory to 1.4 months of inventory. I remember when I first got in the business and I would look at the real estate numbers for San Francisco and I would be blown away at seeing one and 1.5 months of inventory. And we're still we're in those figures. OK, so we're still a seller's market is less than six historically. Right. We're we went up. 
to one a whopping 1.4 months of inventory. Okay, so yes, did we see an increase in inventory? Yeah. Is it some enormous number that's going to shake the market and cause depreciation? Not even close. We would need to see, to, in, in my opinion, in order to see prices drop in Tampa, okay, over a long period of time. Now, you always have these fluctuations. But of course. To see depreciation in the next year, we would need to see six times the number of homes at the market. Six times. That's how much demand and how many people are moving here. We'd need to see an increase. We'd need to go from one month of inventory to six months of inventory to start to see depreciation. Now, what we'll see as inventory grows potentially from one month to two months or three months is a slowdown in appreciation. Correct. So we won't see values drop um, you know, over the long term. We'll see the rate at which homes are increasing in value slow. And the reason for that is very simple. Builders builders dictate a lot of this because as materials increase, they have to increase what they charge, and that pulls up resale prices and trickles across the entire market. So materials aren't getting any cheaper, okay? And people are still buying up the inventory. We're still having people move here, and even despite higher rates, there's still a massive amount of cash out in the market, massive amount of hedge fund buying that isn't going to change anytime soon. Home values are not going to drop. The The appreciation rate in Tampa Bay will slow, though. And if you're out there as an owner and say, no, no, it's going to slow down or, or you're getting ready to buy, again, it's just going to slow down the rate of appreciation. It's like go, instead of going 100 miles an hour on the highway, you're going down to 75. Right. You're still moving along at a very good clip. And right. frankly, you can't go 100 miles an hour forever, right? Eventually, you're going to burn out. And that's the same thing that would have happened if we continued. So we're going to see more balance. Pace. We're going to see a leveling off of appreciation. Yes. Instead of seeing 30%, we're, you know, cut that to 15 or 20% appreciation. We're still going to see very nice appreciation. And the other thing that I think about when people debate buying real estate. So we're talking about appreciation sliding and slowing, okay? But we're still talking about appreciation. Right. Investors that are bouncing out of real estate for, for stocks, I mean, when I look at what's happened the bludgeoning of the stock market all the time, it's like, why would you dump a guaranteed safe real estate, a tangible asset that you can control? You can increase the rent. You can improve it. You buy stock, you can't do anything to change it. And, and so obviously, I'm very pro real estate. I don't have a lot of my net worth in stocks. I have some, but not a lot. And, and the reality is, is that when I hear people say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to stop investing in real estate because I think it's too over. Well, where are you going to put where are you putting money right now? I mean, well, when you look at cryptocurrency, it's getting crushed, too. So my opinion is there, there's really never been a better vehicle for wealth generation and net worth improvement than real estate. Yeah. And, you know, like they say, they don't make any more of it. Right. So, I mean, it's, right. you know, they don't make any more land. And when if we do go into a recession, which eventually we will. Right. Whether you can argue whether it's going to be, you know, in the fall or earlier next year, people tend to go to tangible assets and Safe. real estate's a tangible asset. Right. Gold. They go buy gold, the things estate. you can touch. Right. That, that are going to be real for estate. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I got into, you know, I got to make an, a major announcement here. I got into the wheel estate business. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I just keep buying wheel estate. Yeah, you know, I just keep buying wheel estate. So. Uh, yeah, breaking news. I like cars. All right. So we're going to wrap up with our last segment. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to talk more with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage about everything that's happening um, in the Tampa Bay real estate market after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show, and we are going to talk about the Hometown Heroes program that uh, was put in place in Florida uh, by Governor DeSantis, which I think is is incredible. There's been a lot of noise in the real estate market the last few years about VA loans not getting accepted, all the cash purchases, hedge funds being in the advantaged position, buying up more real estate, pushing out American families, and, and specifically, 
a lot of times American families that are perceived as heroes. You've got military, firefighters, law enforcement, educators, healthcare, childcare professionals, all are kind of grouped into this. And there's probably some other categories that I'm missing. 50, different, kind of 50 different occupations are included yeah. in it. So, so, yeah, so awesome. those are a lot of the, you know, if you're if you're attached to one of those kind of things, you're probably in. And there may be some other people that are that, that qualified. But the reality is, is what it's done is basically tried to make it more, uh, you know, uh, allow those offers to be more competitive and allow them to save money and get extra money for down payment assistance, as well as cheaper rates and cheaper costs throughout Florida. Now, is this something national? No, this is a Florida thing. I think it's a primary residence thing. Um, and and again, so if you are someone that is law enforcement, firefighter, healthcare worker, social worker, uh, childcare worker, military, active duty or veteran, this this you qualify for this. And And I think it's Five percent. It's it's five percent down payment assistance or closing cost assistance of your total loan amount is what you can get up to a max of twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, which it's twenty five grand. Yeah, yeah, which is a lot higher than what it's been in the past. There are income limitations to it. You got to you know fit into some income limitations. But, uh, but it's actually pretty high. I yeah, believe. It's, it's it's higher than than the typical down payment assistance. Right. Yeah. When you hear no. down payment assistance in the past. You, you know, you would know a lot of people don't qualify it. And I don't remember the exact number for the income, but I remember look at it and thinking that, man, a lot of people are, this fits a lot of people. Yeah. So usually what they would do is 100% or 80% of 123,000 is the, uh, 123,000 is the income limit. Yeah, so right, it's 150% of the the average median income of the areas and, and Which so is solid. Base, yeah, right. I mean, no, that's a lot of money. So it, it can change based county by county and you can go and google that stuff that's out there, but um yeah, it's I mean it's it's a big amount of money that you can qualify for. Um and it's meant because they knew it's meant to cover, you know, our heroes, the people yeah. out there that, you know, the all the there's 50 different occupations. I remember and, I posted something about accepting VA offers. Um yeah, and, and Dan I remember remembers that. and it went viral. I had yeah. like thousands and thousands of shares and and because to me, and I personally, homes I personally own that I have flipped, I've accepted VA offers over other offers. I, I had one in St. Pete that was a disabled veteran. Look, my dad, you know, rest in peace, was a disabled veteran. So to me, that's a, there's a special place for me with, with someone that, that has taken that sacrifice and, and, you know, was drafted and then, you know, ha- you know harmed and has their whole life upended. And, and so, you know, but... There's a stigma attached with VA loans about the appraisals and about the process. And to me personally, I think most of it's just fallacy. Well, um, I, I think the ability to challenge appraisals and communicate about where an appraisal problem could be on a VA loan, the heads up that you get, as well as just the patriotic duty of this person fought for your freedom makes me more likely to want to work with somebody VA. Yeah. And, the you know, just so everybody knows, the VA came out recently just in the past couple of weeks, and they made some changes that yeah. actually made it more enticing for a seller to accept those offers. Some of the things that they always hated is that, you know, the the um, seller had to pay for the wood-destroying organism, Correct. you know, inspection, the termite inspection and whatnot, as, as most people call it. Now the buyer, the veteran, can actually pay for that charge, and that they're yep. allowed to do that. And that's something that's different. The, the buyer's able to make the repairs now under the property that's some of the things that in the past the Couldn't sellers had to be able to do. So it has made it more friendly yep. for a seller to accept the offer. VA's kind of gotten on board with that. So really, I mean. It's a great thing that that happened in addition yes, to the hometown heroes right. at the same time. So if you're a veteran locally or someone that has access to a VA loan, um, there's never been a better time for you to look at doing this if you haven't. Because not only can you buy, but you can get assistance. You can get all your costs covered. 
Um, and 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 even I'm seeing things about the rate too. I think they're making the rates more competitive in these programs as well. Yeah, and the rate yeah it's controlled by Florida Housing too, as far as the interest rates go. So whether whatever mortgage company that you go that offers that, and the lenders out there. So we're signed up to be able to participate in this, and lenders have to be signed up. And then the individual loan originators, the loan officers out there, also have to take training and be certified to be able to offer it. It's out there, so it's really really a great thing. So you, if you're in one of these professions, um, you know you know you're getting taken care of by whether it's from ours and with cross country mortgage or any other yeah. company they're trained to do so and i know obviously i know i haven't been i haven't been on this station and advertising on the station for more than a decade i know there's a lot of veterans military active yes. duty that listen so if you're listening mike what is you guys a social media channel um, and you post up the stuff about the hometown heroes on you guys' page so people can go out there. And yeah, get it. you can you can follow us um, at CCM Tampa Bay um, for Facebook and and for Instagram that that is out there. You can always call you know me directly at eight one three three seven seven two seven four three and follow us on our social media channels to see more information so about this. at CCM Tampa Bay and then yep. at the Duncan Duo. We'll make sure. I know we've already put up stuff about it. I, yes. I recorded a video about it and we've put up some info stuff about it. We'll keep doing that. So. Definitely want to take care, uh, especially, you know, just right after, uh, you know, we're now the weekend following 4th of July, but but nonetheless, um, you know, it's obviously a time when you that that becomes important, you know, talking about freedom and our independence. So anyway, we uh, hope the Hometown Heroes program can be help, helpful for so many people out there that can take advantage of it. So we appreciate you tuning in and we hope you have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.